Hello everybody, welcome to this week's edition of the NFNL podcast. My name is Nicholas Sacco, I'll be your host for today's episode, another great edition in store for you with a heap of guests as well. We'll chat to the senior men's coach of the West Preston Lakeside Football Nipple Club, Rob Mayoranas. His side start to get back in form in the lead up to finals. Andrew Harwood, the senior women's coach of the Heidelberg Football Club, also joins us following their Division 1 side's first win since May over the weekend. And we'll also chat to the president of the North Heidelberg netball program, Angela Norman. Six of her seven sides sits top three in their sections so far, heading into their final series as well. We're getting to the point of the season. There's a lot to discuss. And helping me to do that, as he mostly has this year, is Josh Ward. Josh, welcome. Great to be back. As always, Nick, yeah, it's, it was a fascinating weekend uh, across the entire NFNL com- senior men's, women's and netball competition. Some great interviews this week as well, and I can't wait to, to chat with all of the, them, and as well as, you know, I chatted about this past weekend and the weekend coming ahead. Definitely covering all bases on this week's episode, but we'll get straight into the review of the weekend's action. We'll begin with Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1. Well, before I just do, I, I should say, and I mean... I know you weren't covering any Northern games this weekend, Josh, but the wind was just yeah. relentless, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I was out. I was out at Piranha Park, so mm-hmm. I was technically in the northern suburbs, and oh, it was wind. It was extremely windy, mm. and there were a lot of a lot of a lot of inaccurate scores, a lot of and you know a lot of momentum changes clearly from each contest. But, well, yeah, you yeah. gotta love you gotta love local footy, especially on a Saturday when it's windy. Exactly right, and that was I guess the point, the fact that you know because of how windy it was, it really did make a uh, difference in terms of how games panned out and how yeah momentum shifts occur. So um, it's interesting to see what Mother Nature brings sometimes, <laughs> but. We'll get to Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1, of course. It's a split round between these two Mm -hmm. weeks. So we have three games on Saturday. We'll have two more to wrap up the round on uh, this Saturday. And then straight to finals pretty much from there in terms of the run home. So the three games we had this week, well, I guess they were all expected results. But at times, Hurstbridge looked like a real big challenge for Mm -hmm. Heidelberg. And I think they were leading even close to half-time. But... Um, the Tigers, well, their, their power just was too strong in the end. They they got out and and won in the end, but it definitely wasn't an easy one for the Tigers. I think Hurstbridge's last fortnight have been really impressive. Of course, they beat Bandura away from home by 15 mm-hmm. points. They get close against the top of the table Heidelberg side. I mean, they go down by five goals, but still a very impressive effort. Um, and it's putting them in good stead to finish this year strong and stay in the competition. Yeah, it definitely is. I, I've been really impressed with the Bridges so far this se- it, it, well, these last couple of weeks. And, yeah, this is one of their better performances. I think three-quarter time, it, it looks like the, the scores were level before Heidelberg. They they just know how to run games out, don't they, Nick? And they, they did just that, kicking six goals to just and conceding just one in the final term and ballooning that margin out to the five-goal five goal margin that it was um you know we talk about how powerful Heidelberg's midfield is we should be talking more about their their forward potency nine individual goal kickers mm-hmm. out of 16 goals kicked now you know that's pretty scary having that amount of goal kickers from you know those amount of goals it just shows they're not f- focusing on one player well their main player up forward is Josh Minogue, but it's it's showing that they've got plenty of other options. You know, defenders like Zane Barzen and Matthew McInerney got on the sco- mm. score sheet. Midfielders like Luke Bunker with three goals, Tom Schnering and Lockie Wilson. It's a scary proposition for uh, for opposition sides. But yeah, full credit to Hurstbridge. They put up a really great fight. And, you know, they're going to take a lot out of this match. Uh, it, it's going to be... It, it's going... It's... Yeah plenty of positives out of that, especially Sonny Bracey, who's put together a great season. The Bullands listed midfield of four goals, best on ground for the Bridges. And yeah, it, it definitely a lot to take out of. And, you know, it, it, they're looking like they're shoring up their spot in Division 1 for next season. Absolutely. And, and yeah, Sonny Brazier, a great performance again from him. Playing the midfield, he can play up forward. Um, mm. and, and that's a great little utility position to have with him, particularly in, in a side with Hurstbridge. So, yeah, it sets them up really well, I think, for the last few weeks of the season. It's going to be interesting to see how that, that relegation battle plays out 
in the end. Um, Badura McLeod, we thought this one would have been a bit closer considering mm. the form lines of these two sides. Uh, in the end, well, Bandura, <laughs> they got back to winning ways in a big way. <laughs> Had lost their last two coming into this one. Um, they, they pile on 31 scoring shots, but you know they still get up by 52 points in the end. 12-19 was the final score. We talked about the win. Probably had a bit of a say in that one. I guess we probably expect Bandura to get back and win, not by that margin. I think this just about rules out McLeod for a final spot, in my opinion. They'll be hoping Greensboro go down against North Heidelberg this week because that's probably the only way they're staying in the hunt. If, if Greensboro get up, that's probably going to spell an end to them. But I think, you know, as good as McLeod have been at times this year, they've been too inconsistent <clears throat> to really make a, a clean charge towards... Uh, September. Yeah, and this was their chance to get to get a big scalp. Um, you know, Bandura they had players coming back, namely Hamish Shepherd, who it was a, it seemed like it was going to be a big rock duel between him and Paddy Flynn. He got uh, from all reports as well. He got on top of that as well, and yeah, it was it, it, it was their chance to get that scalp that you know they would have liked to have gotten, but yeah, it, it, they just Bandura have had their number all year and. You know, it, it was a similar story to to last time they met out at Yulong Reserve, I reckon, and again a pretty fast finish as well from from Bundura. It could have been a lot worse for McLeod, four goals to to just the one in the final term. They kicked nine behind as well, so mm-hmm. they could, I think they probably had the advantage heading into that final term. But yeah, it's it's a bit of a disappointing performance for the Kangaroos. Only two goal kickers on the day too. Paddy Martin, he's this could be the game that gets him back into form, but yeah, it, it, there's not a lot of hope for McLeod. They'll be praying that their neighbours, North Heidelberg, get the victory over Greensboro, which is going to be a challenge for them, but yeah, it's, this is a massive blow for them. And in the other game in Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1, 59-point winners were West Preston Lakeside over Northcote Park, and the Cougars have showed some glimpses as well, again in the last few weeks, but no match for the Roosters, who are now really hitting their form at a good time. We'll speak to their coach, Rob Mayorana, in a few moments' time. Um, we, we talked about Hurstbridge being in good form heading into their games against the bottom play sides. I, I think the Cougars still can't be ruled out either as, as one that can get wins against both Wilsey and Hurstbridge in the last few weeks of the season. So it should be interesting to see if they can hold their place. They're on the bottom of the ladder at the moment, but only by... Uh, percentage and, and Whittlesey is still to play too so um, it'll be interesting to see what they can produce on that level West Preston Lakeside they're now 10 points clear in the top 5 we didn't know if they were going to make finals a month ago but they look just about there already which is great and they're 6 points behind Bandura as well so they'll probably be thinking they can still try and pinch a double chance spot which would be remarkable really considering <laughs> where they were um, at that moment but what we'll do now is we'll speak to the senior men's coach of the West Preston Lakeside Football Nepal Club and the reigning Premiership coach in Division 1, Rob Mayorana. Now joining us on the NFNL podcast is the senior men's coach of the West Preston Lakeside Football Nepal Club, Rob Mayorana. Rob, thank you so much for giving us some of your time today. No problem, Nicholas. It's been a great little patch for your side now in the last few weeks after a slow start. Um, particularly with the win against Northcote Park on the weekend. What have you sort of credited your recent run of form to? Have, have things have started to, to come along at the right time? Yeah, we've had the last four wins, which which is um, which has been good. I'm gaining some confidence. Uh, I think just some um, continuity and, and stability um, within the team. We've had uh, every week um, up to that point some challenges with injuries, availability, and, and we just weren't getting any any continuity with the team and that stabilised a little bit in the last few weeks but I think after the Bandura game you know we we sat back had a look at uh, at what went wrong that day and, and, and addressed a few things within our game um, and the way that we prepared ourselves and I think the boys have responded well um, since that performance and the last months have been very encouraging Yeah it's been absolutely great to see the Roosters get back into form during that month with some really impressive wins as well along the way you spoke about the challenges you faced, you know, particularly with the injury and, and unavailability, as you said. What was the key message during those times to ensure that you know your side stayed focused or, or regained focus, um, particularly yeah, when when things weren't looking too good on field? 
I think we just stripped it back a little bit, um, particularly with our uh, the way we prepared ourselves, um, training standards, application, um, effort, um, things that we could we could quite quickly influence and uh, and change ourselves. Um, so. Um, you know, and a little bit attitudinal as well. Um, it's been a challenging time, you know, through this COVID period, you know, the last season, the off season, and into the season. Um, so, cut the boys a little bit of slack during that time, I suppose. Um, but I think they've responded well since since that discussion and chat. It was a good wake up call playing a good team like Bandura, and um, I think we had Heidelberg the um, the week before. So we had a, played a couple of good teams, and that dented our confidence a little bit. Um, but the good thing was that the boys have responded and um, have come back out, and we've seen some better some better performances since. What have you made of the Division One competition this year? It seems to still be as tight as ever, and you know that that top five. The, I guess there's been some standouts in some weeks, but then you know in other weeks, other teams will, will stand out. Compared to recent years, how have you felt the evenness of the competition? Yeah, very, very even competition. I think we've had that for a few years now, and this year's no different. So um, I think any team can beat any other team on, on any given day. You just have to be off your game a little bit and you can get exposed. Um, and that's, you know, from, from, from top to bottom. So um, it makes it great for the competition. Um, but, you know, th- there is a bit of a gap. I, th- I can see the top three, you know, Bandura, Heidelberg, Montmorency have definitely set the pace um, with more consistent performances. But... We've seen some upset results you know, from time to time throughout throughout the course of the year, you know, and I expect we'll, we'll see some more before the season's out. You've had some great individual performances from some players in your side over this four-week uh, period where you've been winning games, but unfortunately it looks as though Ahmed Saad might be sidelined for a, a bit of time. Is it difficult to try and replace his presence both on and on-field? We know how much of a great leader he is. Yeah, obviously he's a he's a star player. Um, he's important to the way that we play, but um, you know, we, we've faced adversity uh, in the last few years, different times with the availability and injury and, and, and whatnot. So, you know, the last few weeks, um, other players have stepped up and filled the void, and uh, they've done that that quite well. So, you know, there's there's 22 players that run out, not one. So. Um, you know, we, we we take it as a team approach, really. So we just other boys, uh, you know, from a leadership perspective and also performance, we'll just have to fill that void. Yeah, Rob, Josh Ward here. Um, you know, just the two main players that have stood out to me that have stepped up in Sidesap since uh, Mitch Crapper and and Aiden Tilly. How impressed have you been with their output? As you know, evidently that key forward when Sard hasn't been playing. Yeah, no, it's. Uh... Good point there, because Mitch Crapper's been uh, very good. I mean, he missed, uh, when did he do it? I think it was uh, June, July last year, did his ACL. So he only you know, came back and started playing again, you know, uh, from about round, just I can't remember, probably around nine or ten. Um, so he's probably three or four games back now off, the, uh, off an ACL. So he's really like a new recruit for us this year, having not played much footy, you know, uh, in the back half of last year and the first half of this year. And, um, you know, he's Build himself up. He's a stronger boy now. He's, he's more mature. Uh, he's fitter. Um, so these last few weeks have been promising. And Aiden's an important player, and, and uh, we can use him in different ways with whatever we need. And uh, again, he's he's matured and grown into an important leader for us as well off the field. How do you think that the confidence you've built up in the last few weeks will go when you face Heidelberg in a fortnight's time? Obviously, you've got this week off, and it'll be a good uh, chance for your side, I'm sure, to recover a bit but the Tigers we've seen this year have been a bit of a benchmark side um, you guys have gotten close to them at times um, in the game you played last time but um, yeah, what's your I guess, approach heading into that considering the form you've been in the last month Yeah, Heidelberg are the benchmark they're uh, definitely you know, the, you know, the team that's out there in front at the moment um, but it is a long season but you know, we'll, we'll test ourselves against the best um, in that next game but that won't define our year um, he will have a good look at him and, you know, we're, but we've still got playing the longer game of, of uh, just trying to get in and qualify for finals and, and that's a new ball game when that starts but in terms of the next game it's another four point game really uh, but it, it will be good just to just to test them in a couple of areas and have a good look at them um, and see how we go and understand where we're at and what we need to keep improving on the, in the last month leading into finals Rob it's been great to chat to you and it's been great to see the Roosters um, having the, the patch they have in the last few weeks and uh, we hope we 
can see that again throughout the rest of the season. Thank you so much for your time. We do appreciate it and all the best for the rest of the year. I'm sure we'll keep in touch soon. Thanks, guys. No problem. It was Rob Mayrana there, the senior men's coach of the West Preston Lakeside Football Nepal Club. We'll move straight over now to MC Labor Division 2 and it continues to be such an intriguing competition, this one. There's no guarantees and there won't be right up until a last minute of action in the home and away campaign. But we'll begin with a couple of very interesting results from the weekend. Lowell Plenty with a very important win over Diamond Creek. 18 points to final margin. Um, this was a closely contested game really for most of it. The Craigers had their chance to, to come back and, and get over the top. But Diamond Creek now, interesting because there's <clears throat> two losses in a row for them. And they're in danger of leaving the top three with with the way the games are playing at the moment. Because Lowell Plenty's win puts them two points behind the Creekers in third place. Diamond Creek losing their last two. They were solid in second spot a fortnight ago. Now, mm. yeah, they're in big danger of losing that top three spot. So, can Lowell Plenty make a charge? We, we said it was going to be hard. We know Thomas Blake for the rest of the year as their, their key ruckman. They've had to try and find different sorts. Jared Coots has come in and, and played some decent games as well. They've been experimenting with Heath Howard in the ruck. They've had to pinch it with Keys mm. and Barden. Uh, I don't know how sustainable that's going to be, but nonetheless, it's a big win against the Creekers. And I think, I believe that, I think St. Mary's and, off the top of my head, St. Mary's and Thomastown are probably their two biggish clashes to wrap up year. Yeah. Um, do you see him, first of all, making the top three? Second of all, do, do you see him doing any damage? I feel like we had this conversation before, but yeah. um, with that win against Simon Craig, it might change the conversation a little bit. I think it does a little. That It gives them a lot of hope. Just, just half a game now behind the Craigers. I think that draw against Thomastown might, mm. it, it's going to play a big factor. Uh, add in as well for... Diamond Creek. They play, they play St Mary's this week. That's a home, and uh, I think they got the win last time in a scrappy match, which was the match of the, one of the match of the rounds at Watmo Park. And then, you know, but they've also got Bev, uh, Banyol at Beverly Road Oval mm, as well, away okay. from home. Yeah. So it, it's a very, very difficult. It, it's a slightly difficult run home. There are the two games are against Penn Hill and Fitzroy Stars, which you would assume they'd go in as favourites. I'm, I'm not too sure on, on Lower Plenty's run, but yeah, this win. It gives them confidence that they can leapfrog the Creekers into the top three, which, you know, started the season, I would have thought they'd be around that mark, second or third behind Banyol. Uh, but they have their, they have a challenge this week as well against Watsonia, who, you know, caused a massive upset earlier in the season yeah. at Montmorency Park too with the last... And, you know, that was when uh, there was a last-minute change of grounds too. So then... That's going to be a very interesting contest as well. If they lose that, I, I have my doubts. But, yeah, I'm not too sure. I don't think they play the top sides again. They do face Thomastown, St. Mary's and Penn Hill in the final three rounds, which three, which two of them are pretty tough clashes against Thomastown and St. Mary's. Um, but, yeah, it, it does make it very, very interesting. Uh, a very handy win for, uh, for the Bears out at Mon Monty Park. Well... The Thomastown game becomes interesting because of the result that they pulled off on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Defeat Watsonia by 19 points, down by 22 at three-quarter time, kicking with the wind in the final quarter, 41-point turnaround in the end. And all of a sudden, they have to be in the finals conversation. Now, I only say that because... And, and I've had some funny looks when people have said that. I know <laughs> they still sit 10 points behind the top five at the moment. I understand. But... St. Mary's, I think, are in a bit of danger at the moment. I know mm. they had a very good win over Epping at home, um, which was probably expected really in the end. It was almost um, 100 points. It was uh, 94 in the end. Sorry, 96. Sorry, 86. I'll go a third time lucky. <laughs> but with their last, their next three games are against top five sides, Diamond Creek, Eltham, Lower Plenty. They are huge games. Now... I know St. Mary's have pulled off some scouts before, but if they lose all three and Thomastown mm. win two of the next three, which they still have Epping again, and they have Panton Hill to play. So you assume that Thomastown win those two, and if St. Mary's cannot get a win in the next three games, 
then Thomastown St. Mary's in the last oh. round. There'll be two points between them, and the winner will be fifth. Oh. It's crazy to think <laughs> about because we were riding off Thomastown, as we probably should, yeah. three weeks ago because they just looked nowhere near it. But this is a game they had to win against Watsoni. They pulled through. Their interim coach played as well, Daniel Bramich. He, he went on the park and, and played. So... I don't know. Can can Thomastown make this happen? They've got a, a good enough percentage. They've got a better percentage than St. Mary's, 14%, and they're 10 points behind them. I'm actually going to agree with you. I mm. think they have the side to do it. They've got plenty of talent. You know, Capici, Michael Tang, Lawrence LaPiccolo, Tyrone Leonardis, Jarrett Colson, you know, Josh Baird. Even like, this. yeah, players like Tyler Barrow, who's had a fantastic last yeah, month in the and half back line. Michael, De- uh, Michael D'Angelo? No, Matthew D'Angelo in the back line as well, playing some great they've, they've got plenty of talent. And, you know, St. Mary's, whilst they do as well, it's hard for me to see them getting a win in those three matches. You know, they've taken it up to those top sides, but they haven't picked up a victory mm-hmm. yet, and they need to here. It's... You know, it, it's crucial for them now to pick up that victory. It would, if they did, it would all but lock up a, a top five spot. But yeah, I I think it's going to come down to that final match out at Watmo Park too. It is, it, it's going to, it is going to be, I reckon, a massive round out game out at Watmo Park. Is I was completely writing them off last week, even or while well, still writing them off last week because I thought, you know, yeah, they picked up the win, but St Mary's had built up a decent finish but now with this win uh, it, it just gives them a little a little bit of a sniff and you know what Sonia is still a chance we've got to speak about them but I think yeah it, it's hard for me to see them making a challenge it's been a great season but I just think they're a little too young to to make that challenge whereas whereas the Thomastown they've got the experience and they've got the talent to, to you know Take it up to Saint, take it up to Saint Mary's, and you know, get near that push for that fifth spot. Well, the last time they played each other it was Saint Mary's. They had a really big lead heading into the last quarter. Thomastown fought back mm. and just fell short. So we don't know if we'll get to that stage. I, I feel like the borough. You're right. If if they do want to play finals, I don't think they can get away with not winning at least one of those three games and, and limping in. If they want to do some damage in there, they have to win one of those three. I think their best chance is against Diamond Creek, to be honest, mm. because, you know, we, we saw St. Mary's Diamond Creek when they last played at Watmore Park, and, and the bar definitely had the ability to beat them. It just wasn't their day with the conditions. Yeah. Creek is a, a coming off a bit of a slope as well. They've lost their last two. They're in danger of losing the top three spot. So I think that's their best chance. If they can get over Diamond Creek, because really, if they do win one of their next three, they're home. Uh, they will make yeah. finals. Um, but like you said, can't really discredit Watsonia, albeit the fact that they did lose to Thomastown was a big blow to their chances, I think. If they had have beaten the Bears, they would have comfortably taken them off, um, but then also give themselves a really good chance at sneaking mm. in. They would have just been four points behind St. Mary's. So, yeah, um, it's going to be a tight finish, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, and that's what one we're absolutely looking forward to. Banyuda were too strong for the Fitzroy Stars. Again, mm-hmm. a, a result we sort of expected, really. Same with Eltham defeating Panton Hill by a considerable margin as well. So uh, two important wins for those two sides. Sets up a monumental clash between Eltham and Banyul this week uh, at uh, Beverly Road Oval. Oh, it's going to be a massive one out there. You know, we saw them earlier in the season, Eltham and Banyul, and it was a bit lopsided. I'm expecting this one to be a whole lot different. You know, when we... When last year, when we saw them play Beverly Road Oval, it was an absolute classic going down to going down to the wire, and it was high scoring. And I'm expecting no different here with the form that these two are in. And yeah, Eltham just continue to to make waves this season. They're almost at full strength, you know. I think Ant- Anton Woods and I know Michael still came back into the lineup. It's it's a scary forward line now. They're Matthew defend- Williamson, Matthew Williamson, yeah. And, They've got plenty of young talent. They've still got Finbar Maley waiting on the sidelines, which uh, if he comes back this week, that would oh, be... He's overseas. Push. I can't remember if he's back this week, though, so it's a wait and watch. It'll be interesting to see if he is. Uh, so that, that's one to look forward to, no doubt at all. So very much an intriguing prospect is MC Labor Division 2. We'll head over to Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3, um, and I think we can start taking South Morang 
as the Premiership favourites yeah. just about. Now, a very important win over Lorimer, one they had to have, really. Um, seven wins in a row now for the Lions. It was a 23-point win in the end. Again, another one that was really affected by the wind, but as a result, they were able to make the most of it. It was their goals against the wind, really, that got them over the line. Four goals to two was enough to solidify the victory. They had 27 scoring shots anyway. They really could have put them away by a bit more as well. It becomes interesting now. So they're not on top just yet due to percentage, but mm. they play each other again in three weeks at Mill Park Lakes Reserve. So that could be the one that yeah. decides who finishes as the minor premiers. But I think what's even crazier, that these two sides could play each other four times in two months, which is unreal. <laughs> so they, they play each other, of course, on Saturday. They play in three weeks' time which is the second last round of the season. If they both finish top two, which is also likely, they'll play each mm -hmm. other in a semi-final. And then if they meet again in the grand final, that's also two weeks later. So, yeah, about um, two months' time, um, that could be four meetings between them, which is <laughs> monumental. Five meetings in total. Um, but in saying that, on Saturday, um, an important win for South Murray. Mitch Kalpak is superb in the back line. Um, he was just a wall. We, we know that he had to play up forward this year while they had injuries to deal with but in his natural position he dominated Bailey Brown, both Kane and Ty Hall were back at their best as well I think Ty was really brilliant, just his third game of the year um, so Lorimer's third loss of the season I don't think they'll take too much discredit from it, um, they knew that they were a side that could be reckoned with unfortunately for them I think they just got outplayed and they've got three weeks time to make amends for it. Yeah it's it, uh, obviously you guys you and, and Zach and I wasn't out there, but yeah, just South Morang have started to hit their straps, and clearly they took full advantage of the wind. Did they finish the game with the wind as South well? South Morang did, yeah. So yeah. funnily enough, their captain Matthew Robinson won the toss and kicked against the wind to That's start. So me and Zach were a bit <laughs> bewildered by it, but <laughs> it, enough. it paid off. They were only two goals down at quarter time, and then they just were able to make the most of it there. They still had the lead at three quarter time against Which the helps. wind. When from there it was going to be very hard to stop. Yeah, it, which helps when when you're yeah when you lead and you're against the win, it, it does help a lot. But yeah, I mean you know I, I've seen uh, it, it is a bit of an interesting call going against the win, but clearly it's a good tactic and they clearly love chasing the lines. But yeah, a great performance, Mitch. Yeah, get Mitch Kalpakis Cal back into the back line for the rest of the season because he is just an absolute star down there. He's one of the best, if not the best, defender in Division 3 when he's down back. So, yeah, another great performance from him. And, yeah, good to see the Hall brothers finding finding some form. And, yeah, they're, they're really hitting their straps. We talk about West Preston Lakeside and Hurstbridge finding some form, while the Lions, they are really hitting some form now. Absolutely, they are. So, they're looking the goods at the moment. Kilmore up against Mernda on Saturday. And I think, again... Mm -hmm. For Heidelberg West's and Mernda's sake, they were hoping the Demons would get the win to keep themselves in the finals hunt. But away from home, it was always going to be tough. And Kilmore, with 22 scoring shots of 14, were able to run out comfortable 31... Sorry, 30... No, I'll go again. 23-point winners. Oh, my maths is no good today. 23-point winners. It now establishes a two-game gap between 4th and 5th. And I hate to say, but I think that might be the top four now. It's going to be very difficult <coughs> for the Hawks who are two games out. They play South Morang this week, which you'd yeah. expect the Lions to get up on, even though Heidelberg West have come close at times this year. South Morang winning that probably definitively spells an end because they'll be three games out with three games to go, um, and percentage isn't right up there with Kilmore's either. So, yeah, a tough one for, for Mernda to take. That probably rules them out of finals contention as well, but I think yeah. they should hold their head up high because at the start of the season, it was looking pretty grim. Mm. Uh, we didn't know how many wins they were going to get, but they've picked up some important victories this year. They had a good win over Kilmore early in the year um, and a very impressive victory over Holderberg West as well. So a lot to take in. Yeah, definitely. And this is a very competitive performance out at JJ Clancy Reserve too, you know, which is, isn't is usually a, a, an easy ground to travel to. to well, I think, you know, I think only South Morang and Lorimer have picked up wins there this season and they're, of course, the top two sides. But... <laughs> Yeah, I think, unfortunately, it probably seals up that top four, which, you know, I, I was hoping Heidelberg, West, and Mernda would, would make a decent fist of it. But, yeah, I think it puts an end to it. It puts an end to it. And, 
you know, credit to Kilmore and and all the sides in the top four, Old Eltham, South Narang and Lima, they've just been terrific this season. And a great victory for the Blues, yeah, that win clearly playing havoc at, at JJ Clancy, which I'm not surprised we were out there a couple of weeks ago. And I just have a feeling whenever it's a windy day out there, I just got the feel that if it's a windy day out there, it's going to cause havoc. <laughs> and it looked like it did there, but yeah, it's a good victory for for the Blues, but yeah, Demons fans keep your he- and players keep your heads up high because this is a great performance. And then Heidelberg West and Old Collegians picking up comfortable victories over Reservoir and Laylor. So if the top four we're saying is set, the positions aren't. That's absolutely mm. the case. So that's going to be one to look out for for the rest of the season. Of course, as I said, the power and the lines on the same points on 44. Old Altham only one game behind them in third. They still play South Morang as well this year, so yeah. that could be a very, very good match. That could probably determine that double-chance spot as well. Um, and Kilmore, one game behind Old Altham, they'll try and pick up a couple of wins towards the back end of the season. Let's head to the uh, women's competition because that one's wrapping up as well in terms of the home and away fixtures. We're just one round to go before we wrap up this season, uh, home and away season, and it's good that we were able to get it off the ground and in the in the way we went with it, but some really big results as well over the weekend. We'll start with winning edge division one women's. Uh, Darabin one came from behind to beat West Preston Lakeside one by twelve points. So they're trying to get those double chance spots as well for the, that one being a top five in division one. So it's going to be really intriguing to see who can finish in those final spots. It's a log jam there with Montmorency 1, who had a massive victory over Lowell Plenty Badura. So, just looking at that ladder, we know Diamond Creek Women's 1 are home and hosed on top of the table. Uh, but West Preston Lakeside 1, Darabin 1, Montmorency mm-hmm. 1, all three, three doesn't fit into two. So, <laughs> who do you see just sneaking through in the end? Oh, it's, it's hard. Uh, I'm not too sure on the fixtures this coming week, but I think... Darwin one have been probably the, the the second or third best side this season. Mm. West Preston Lakeside are the only side to defeat Diamond Creek women. Yeah, so that's right. So that's that's what makes it a, vi- a bit intriguing because you know we know that the Roosters are capable of knocking off Diamond yeah. Creek women's one, but Darwin one have shown as well that they they've played some really really impressive football. So uh, that always helps the cause as well, which mm. which makes things really. Interesting. So, one to keep an eye on for, that's for sure. We don't know what Montmorency 1 can do as well. We know yeah. that they're a really strong producer too. So. Yeah, that, so I'm having a look now. And, you know, West Preston, they've got Heidelberg 1, who, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Tigers pull off a victory given you know, they got their first win of the season well, last weekend. And Darwin, they face Lower Plenty Bunter, who have had their struggles in recent weeks. And this season, Monty face Greensboro as well, who can take it up to the top side so I'd most it most likely be Darabin one given you know they'd probably get a, a healthier percentage and I hate to say it, but I think yeah they, they'll have a bit more of a, a healthier mm. percentage and should finish in that second spot absolutely there so they were the results from some of those games in winning edge division one women's Diamond Creek women's one it was a close game against Greensboro mm. really one of the closer ones they've had this season but Got over the line in the end by 15 points. Linda Thorpe, another three majors for her. Very impressive. And then Heidelberg won, and, and we'll speak to their coach, Andrew Harwood, in a few moments' time. But an excellent performance to defeat the V Western Spurs, who have had their struggles this year. A 37-point win for the Tigers. Their first win since grading in May, uh, which has been quite impressive for them. They've had their struggles this year, but kept the Spurs to just 1-1-7, kicked six goals eight of their own. Isabella Italiano, well, she was playing in the second side uh, last week and even the week before, and that helped the Tigers get those wins, but she came into the Heidelberg one side, didn't look out of place one bit. Kicked two important goals, Tessa Hankinson, Emily DeSando, Mia Tascone. They've been the ones that have stood up for Heidelberg all year, and they were able to finally taste victory for them uh, in the last couple of months. SG Print and Paper Division 2 women's, well, Division 2 in the men's yeah. and the women's just seems to be delivering on every level. One of the games of the season between St. Mary's and Eltham on Saturday. Um, at, uh, yeah, Saturday afternoon, 4.45. The Barra, well, they ended Eltham's winning streak. A 10-point win at Eltham Central Park. They only led by two points at three-quarter time, but they got through in the end with a very impressive win. 
Sarah Johnson still had three goals. It was a quieter day by her <laughs> standards, but she still was able to produce um, some important majors. Jessica Hardy is just outstanding, yeah. and she'll be absolutely one of the favourites to take out the best and fairest this year. Um, you saw how dominant Eltham were a couple of weeks ago when you went out to have a look at them. Mm. Are you surprised by this result? Uh, I am a little, but not really, because you know, St. Mary's have, I feel like, been equally dominant mm. as as the Panthers, you know, with they've made plenty of improvements this season, brought in plenty of good players, and I had a feeling they're probably the second best side and the side that can take it up to the Panthers, and they did just that. And a ten-game winning streak by winning by ten points—that kind of—that's kind of ironic too. But it is. It, it's yeah, it's a terrific victory, and it sets up a juicy, well, you know, premiership race. I reckon between the two, between the two, it's been two great seasons. Uh, Looking at this, oh, Sienna Gunning and Book Taylor. I'm not surprised Sienna Gunning was among the best for Eltham. She, she, I was really impressed with her down back against Banyol. Oh yeah, last fight. Uh, well, on when they faced Banyol on, on Friday night a couple of weeks ago, and yeah, she's um, she's put together a really good season as well. But yeah, you just look at these names: Sarah Johnston, Jessica Hardy. They've just been absolute superstars for the Borough this year, and they can and yeah, playing yet another key role against the top side. It, it's yeah, by far their best victory of the season too. And they're on top of the ladder now, St. Mary's. So, mm-hmm. you know, a bit stiff, Alf, and you win 10 games in a row and then you lose one and already you've been knocked off <laughs> the top. So <laughs> that's just how the season is and how competitive it's been. Banyol, they bounce back in a big way. 97-point winners over Montmorency too. We know they've had their struggles this year. The Magpies, but it was 97-0. to zero. That was a Saturday morning game. So they'll still think they can make a minor premiership run. Um, albeit it's going to be really tough towards the back end of the year for them. The Fitzroy Stars, well, they snapped a four-game losing streak and were able to comfortably defeat Diamond Creek Women's 2 by 91 points. So an important win to get their confidence back up as well. And then a tight affair between Whittlesey and Darabin too, but it was the Falcons that made it two wins in a row and defeated Whittlesey by three points. The Eagles actually led it three-quarter time as well, but they kept score- they were kept scoreless in the final term. And the Falcons able to get that last goal to get them over the line. So it's going to make that race towards finals very interesting as well in yeah. SG print and paper. Division 2 and then cleaning Melbourne Division 3 women's. Well, this was a bit of a surprise, I think. Hurstbridge, a big win over West Preston Lakeside too. 53 points the final <coughs> margin as well. So these were two eyes that were second and third in the comp. So to see the margin as big as it was, very, very Interesting, and it was an accurate goal kicking as well from uh, the Bridges. Six goals, seventeen. So it could have been a lot more. Uh, Melissa Martini, Sheridan Bennett, again, great efforts from them. So Hurstbridge finishing off the season well. Yeah, they are, and I'm honestly a bit surprised by this margin too. But I think it might just show the gap between the top three sides and the rest of the competition, unfortunately. But yeah, a great victory for for Hurstbridge and yeah, Melissa Martini she's got to be favourite for the best and fairest this year just put together such a great season another great performance but yeah they'll be ruining missed chances I reckon will the bridge will the bridges but yeah still a great victory against well the third best side in clean Melbourne Division 3 and that's coming off a one point win against Mernda last week as well mm. so they're in, in good form heading into finals that's for sure yeah. Lorimer picked up their fifth win of the season a comfortable 40 point win over Wallen away from home, five goals to nil in the first half was enough to get them over the line. And then Mernda, they bounced back from that one-point defeat last week. <laughs> two stronger Heidelberg, two 104-point winners in the end. 11 goals to zero in the first half. Talk about favourites for the best and fairest. I think it's going to be hard to stop a week this year. Mm. She has been unreal playing pretty much everywhere for Mernda as well. Amira Gentle as well was very impressive this game in particular, but she's been a force throughout the whole competition. So, Mernda's still going to be a team to beat, I think, in Division 3 this year. But, what we'll do now is speak to the senior women's coach of the Heidelberg Football Nepal Club, in ha- Andrew Harwood, following the One's big win on the weekend. Now joining us on the NFNL podcast is one of the senior women's coaches at the Heidelberg Football Nepal Club, Andrew Harwood. Andrew, thank you so much for coming on and giving us some of your time today. No worries, Nicholas. We're good. I, I guess it'd be fair to say that wins have been a bit hard to come by this season, but it was a fantastic result against the Spurs over the weekend, and I'm sure that the girls were full of jubilation around, I guess, the whole ground following a result like that. 
was it, I guess, a bit of a relief to, to finally get one towards the end of the season? I know you had the winning grading, but I guess with Division 1 and how competitive it's been this year, I'm sure the scenes post-match were very grand. <laughs> they were. Uh, the girls really enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, it feels like it's been, you know, a while coming. We've had some um, some close results. We pushed Darabin to, to seven points uh, about three or four weeks ago. And, um, you know, four four or five goals short of West Preston, um, you know, uh, after just one bad quarter. So we've kind of, you know, been able to put it together for periods of time against some of the stronger clubs. And on Sunday afternoon or Sunday night, yeah, we, we probably played a, a pretty good four-quarter game. And, uh, yeah, we're pretty happy with the result. What's the focus been of the group this year? As I said, it, it's been a, a really difficult season to get a hold of in general just because of how mm. close and competitive it's been. Um, what, what's been the constant messaging you've been trying to give towards your side um, to, to keep them focused throughout the year? Probably what you just mentioned about how competitive it is. You know, our goal this year, we had a kind of a couple of goals. Um, one of them was to, to expand to two teams, which we're able to do. That took a lot of work pre-season to get to the player numbers required. We've had our moments where it's been challenging to field two teams with sickness and, and you know, um, availability and things like that. Um, as far as our goal to be competitive, we feel like we've, we've certainly got more and more competitive as the years gone on uh, as the season has gone on and and probably you know um with with just one week to go uh versus west preston this week we're hoping to uh a, again to to be nice and competitive and we feel like that's been you know a, a key thing for us we're trying to set ourselves up for the future really as far as having two teams having juniors coming through so we've got a a strong platform um for the years ahead We'll get to, I guess, a bit more of the future of, of women's mm. football at Heidelberg in a few moments' time. But just back on your team in particular, I know, I guess, yep. the results haven't been there, but you've had some fantastic individual performers this year. You know, Emily DeSander, Mia Tascone, Tessa Hankinson have, have been the three prominent names that continue to be in the best for your side this season. Uh, you, the, obviously, the talent is there. Um, how great has it been for those players in particular to lead the way? Well, yeah, those three you mentioned and others, yeah, but those three in particular have been fantastic. Uh, Tess didn't join us um, until a few rounds into the season, but she's, um, yeah, she's been a, a great addition to the, to the side. Um, Emily is an ex-junior who hasn't played footy for a couple of years, be, you know, before COVID. She played in our youth girls premiership team uh, in 2019, I think it was. So um, uh, she's, she's back back this year and me has been a constant um you know for us over the last couple of years so yeah those three in particular have had really good season and, and they've played kind of multiple positions as well which has been handy to, to move the side around a little bit and um yeah keep the opposition guessing as to where where those girls are going to line up yeah andrew just just on those younger players coming through the the ranks at heidelberg uh, who in the one side has particularly stood out to you amongst the younger players well, we've had um, particularly, uh, we've got a, a couple of girls who play in the senior team that are um, actually still eligible for youth girls. Um, Grace Papijanis, in particular, has just come back from injury on the weekend. She, she was out for six or seven weeks with a shoulder injury, but uh, her early season form, and she played really well first game back uh, on the weekend. She was, she was really prominent. Taylor Swan's played a number of games in the, in the senior side as well. When, in the last few weeks, we've, um, we're working pretty closely with our youth girls team when they're available and, we're, and they're strong enough form. Um, we're able to include some of those players also in our senior team. And um, we had a couple of them um, play with us on Sunday and they, you know, they certainly fit straight in um, and did really well. We had Izzy Italiano and Beck Miller and Cass Bacos on, uh, on Sunday added to the team. So, yeah, they've um, they've all played you know 50, 60, 70 games of footy themselves at junior level, so they certainly bring a, a great skill set into the senior team as well. Yeah, you mentioned Isabella as well. She was you know playing in that seconds team a couple of weeks ago, and now didn't miss a beat really coming into the seniors. Kicked two goals on the way to, to a nice win on the weekend. The, the seconds they were able to to grab a few week, uh, wins in the last few weeks, which mm. has been I'm sure fantastic for their confidence and, and you spoke about I guess the want of having two consistent teams in our women's competition um, you know seeing I guess the success at the back end of the season on field does it set up really nicely for what the future of women's football takes up uh, sorry what the future of women's football holds at Heidelberg in the next few years 
For sure, yeah. It's um, I suppose a lot of learnings out of the year, expanding to those two teams, and, and probably in the early part of the season, we were juggling around trying to work out the best mix of, you know, how we handled the two games and which players played in each game and etc. When you had to double up, and I think it, in the second half of the season, we've really found our groove. There's been big, you know, our focus has been on development of the players, so there's a lot of improvement. A, a number of our uh, girls within our reserves team have really improved individually and they're, and they're also playing um, really well as a team. So, you know, that's coincided with kind of, you know, improved form, um, particularly in the reserves, you know, um, but also in the seniors over the last few weeks and getting closer to those strong sides and in, in the reserves case, able to beat um, the second side, Hurstbridge, a couple of weeks ago and um, have a couple of wins and, and uh, yeah, finish the year pretty strongly. Yeah, and your final game this week as well of the home and away season against West Preston Lakes I'll touch back on that and you know it's another Friday night game as well against the Roosters you played them earlier in the season on Friday night at J.E. Moore Park the girls must be excited to be playing on Friday night once more but this time out on your home deck yeah yeah we love playing at Ringle Park um, I think uh, it's a nice way to end the season that you know um, nice big grounds the ground we train on so we're, we're obviously quite used to it we, um, when we played West last time, we, we felt we matched them for periods of the game. We just had a, just had a, a bad quarter, really. That was the difference. So, we're, yeah, we're pretty keen to take them on. We know they're a quality outfit. Um, and, uh, yeah, hopefully we can um, yeah, give them a, a pretty competitive game on Friday night. Andrew, it's been so great to hear from you and, and hear a bit more about the women's football program at Heidelberg. Congratulations for the season. Good luck on Friday night. And I'm sure we'll hear from you again at some point throughout the year. Thanks for coming on. No worries. Thanks, Nicholas. All good. was Andrew Harwood there, the senior women's coach of the Heidelberg Football Netball Club. And from one interview, we'll go straight to another because we've got Angela Norman ready for us who's got a big say in how well North Heidelberg's netball program has been on and off court this year. We'll chat to Angela now. Now joining us on the NFNL podcast is the Executive Netball Operations Manager of the North Heidelberg Sporting Club, Angela Norman. Angela, thank you so much for coming on and giving us some of your time today. No problem. Thanks for having me, Nick. So with with the whole netball program, six of the seven sides in our winter competitions, they're sitting in the top three of their sections. So you must be so pleased with the on-field success and, and just how much fun your teams are having at the moment. Yeah, yeah, um, that's pretty good, isn't it? I looked at that the other day, actually. So they, they are, they're all doing really well. One of them are um, not doing so well, but you can't have all seven up there, I guess. But yeah, they, they're doing well and they are having a lot of fun, as you said. They're, they're really enjoying it, which is great, considering the last couple of years they've had with, you know, very little netball and social interaction and stuff. So, yeah, they're having a ball. Section 1, I think, in particular, you know, it's been dominated by Diamond Creek for so many years. So to see, you know, a new team, and that being North Holderberg, you know, continue to stake their claim as one of the premier netball teams, not just in our competition, but for it to be in Section 1 particularly this year, um, both 1 and 2 pretty much really doing some great work throughout the year. You know, how proud are you to see that, that the program continues to excel to a point where you've got teams competing at the highest level. Yeah, look, they're they're both doing really well. We're really pleased with that. We've had some um, some good like big ins this year, I guess. So um, we had Beck Colwell return. She um she didn't play last year. So I mean, and they did really well last year. It was unfortunate they didn't get to see finals, but they did really well last year. We were really happy with them last year. The ones and the twos, they're, they're doing really well. But yeah, Beck was a massive inclusion for us this year. So that was handy. And then we've, we've actually picked up a couple of, a couple of other um, handy mid-quarters. So yeah, they're, I mean, they're on track to have a good finals series we we have we always have problems like everyone else with um injuries and whatever but at this stage we're we're really excited for the um finals campaign you know i'm sure that the program has come a long way from a few years ago and to see it where it is now having seven teams in our competitions and seeing them do really well who are the people behind the scenes that are, that are making all this possible and and what what has the last 18 months been like for, for the whole sporting club with COVID, of course, having a big impact on, I guess, participation and, and getting the motivation to get back out onto the courts? What's really changed in that time frame? 
Well, I guess, um, like, uh, they probably didn't need a great deal of motivation because they were just super keen to get out there. Like, so, um, you know, that that wasn't difficult. And, and I don't have a very difficult job as such. It seems like a lot of teams, but I have great support. So um, the the girls, the coaches and the girls behind the scenes, even, even you know, the the leaders of the teams are really good. But... Um, the coaches are fantastic. So I've got two, the two lower level coaches have played for us for a long time and then stepped into coaching roles. So um, they're really, you know, committed and, you know, loyal club people. And then I've got Sharon Ashworth, the head coach, who came on board last year along with Simone Jones. And, and they're, they're the two coaches that look after the top five teams. And they're just really well-respected, well-connected people in the netball community. So it kind of makes my job pretty easy, to be honest. Um, and they do a lot of work, you know, just behind the scenes, getting players. You know, when we last week we had five outs in the twos, but a lot of time on the phone, a lot of... Um, organising, but we managed to get it done, and those girls are just invaluable to the club. They really are. You know, we wouldn't be in the position we are without them. It's always great to see um, clubs have that type of support, not just with yours, of course, but I'm sure with many of our netball clubs uh, across the league as well. How far do you feel like the program has come as a result of having those people in the background doing the work that they are doing to ensure that, you know, netball? at North Heidelberg is as best as it can be, both on and off court. Do, do you feel like it's come a long way? Yeah, I mean, I think, the, you know, the competition's really come a, a long way. I, I started playing at the inception of netball in the NFNL. And, like, you know, it was... I think there was probably one section or two maybe. It was, you know, you took your, you took your money every week and paid. It was, you know, like a lot of, you know, social netball competitions, but it's really massively grown and I mean I think there's over a hundred teams now and I, I'm gonna give a shout out to Dell and she's you know done a fantastic job and you know I, I know how much she tries to accommodate people and you know all that sort of stuff but I mean it's really it really has grown hugely like it's it's you know quite remarkable really so um and yeah I mean I think we start, you know we started off with the one or two teams and then it's Sort of got to five and then in the last couple of years seven so i think the more people know about it you know we do have people approaching us who want to play on a friday night because they hear about the competition so i guess that's really good for for the league but yeah it's it's just grown incredibly and, and great to hear that you gave the shout out to darwin as well i know she does a lot of work she does sure a lot of work all the competition gets done uh just before we wrap up this chat angela you know we spoke about how far it has come and, and how great you know, I guess the Bulldogs netball program has been, particularly in the last 12 to 18 months. Um, you know, how far do you see it continuing to grow in the next couple of years? Of course, with the success you guys are having so far, I guess it wouldn't be too difficult to, to get people to the club. As you said, you've always got people inquiring. But um, what, what's the next steps for, for netball at North Hardwick? Well, look, we've, we've been fortunate enough, as I said, that we've got those coaches who are affiliated with um, Daniel and districts netball association basically so it's kind of like a junior pathway for us so i mean that's that's probably something we did like, well in 2020 and then nothing happened of course but that's something we we did then and then that's just sort of really set us up for um you know probably a little bit of success and and players and that going forward because there's always junior netballers playing so you know the like I think the threes in um, last year were all under, like they're all under 17. Now they've all, you know, got older, but they've stayed. And then there's some younger ones coming through again. So as long as we've sort of got an affiliation with um, a junior club, it's sort of uh, the possibilities are endless really, aren't they? <laughs> Absolutely. And it would definitely help getting those juniors coming. We see it, um, how much success it has in, in football competitions and in netball it's absolutely the same process. Angela, thank you so much for coming on, giving us a bit of an insight into the netball life at North Holderberg Sporting Club and all the best to your team for the rest of the season. No worries, Nick. Thanks for having me and thanks for the well wishes. Great to hear from Angela Norman there and getting all the happenings as well with North Holderberg's strong netball program and we wish them luck for the rest of the season. 
Well, we're nearly out of time, but before we do finish up this edition, we'll wrap up, as we always do, with a preview of what's to come. You know, senior men's uh, football competition. Josh has all the details for another big round. Yeah, it is a big round. Well, for Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1, of course, the second week of the, the split round 14, uh, just the two games, uh, a big one that has implications, I reckon, uh, as we talked about earlier on, for the middle of the table for that finals, uh, a final final spot, uh, Greensboro and North Heidelberg at War, War Memorial Park last year. The bar, when they met at War Memorial Park, the borough picked up a, a massive victory out there. And, you know, North Heidelberg, though, earlier on in the season, they, pi- they picked up their first scalp against the borough at Shelley Street. So it's going to be a very enthralling duel, as we said before as well. McLeod will be, I reckon, cheering on North Heidelberg, their, their neighbours, to hope, f- hoping that they can get up and keep their finals hopes alive. But... Yeah, a, a very interesting clash to look forward to at War Memorial Park. The other match, Montmorency and Whittlesey. The Magpies coming off a loss, and Whittlesey, they've definitely had their struggles this year. And, you know, I hate to see what, what Montmorency can do when, when they're angry, which I reckon they will be after their loss against Heidelberg a couple of weeks ago. I just, I got a little bit of a bad feeling about this one. Having it at the showgrounds does help, but, yeah, it's, it, it hopefully it doesn't, get as bad as I'm thinking, but it, it could get pretty bad. Division 2, well, off the top, we've got another first versus second clash. We've had first versus second clashes in the last three weeks. This time, Banyol Altham at Beverly Road Oval. That is a massive clash. Uh, lopsided the last time. When we saw them at, with Altham getting up, we all thought that Altham have won the Premiership, at if or minor Premiership at least, that you don't win premierships earlier on this season but if they win it here it's definitely going to be hard for me to see anyone getting uh, leapfrogging them into first place because yeah Banyol are their closest competitors only a game behind them but yeah it's going to be a massive duel out of Beverly Road Oval Diamond Creek St Mary's Mm. also a big clash uh, as we said during the reviews as well chance for St Mary's to you know all but lock up that final spot they they can take it up to Diamond Creek and I have no doubt that they will, but yeah, it's a big chance for St. Mary's to, to, you know, pick up a scalp against, well, yeah, struggling Diamond Creek, and yeah, it's a big clash out of Coventry Oval, Epping Thomastown. Uh, uh, What's only Lower Plenty is also an interesting one. What's only have the chance to cause an upset against Lower Plenty too, and, you know, it's a chance for, if Diamond Creek do go down to St. Mary's, it's a chance for, you know... It, the Bears to leapfrog Diamond Creek into that double cha- uh, double chance and yeah, it's a bit of a clash and you know not too many uh, other games to report on, on in Division 2 into Division 3 uh, well yeah they're a bit lopsided in Division 3 yeah it's hard I think Heidelberg West South Moraine could be yeah. a potential one just because the Hawks will still want to hope that they mm. can find that glimmer of hope to get themselves back into the top four. I think four. it'll be a lot closer than, mm. than, than you know, it, it's been close. I think the two times they've met this year, I think maybe it was five goals the first time at Mill Park Lakes, and I think it was just 19 points as well in a high-scoring affair at Heidelberg Park. But, yeah, it, it's it, that's probably really the only interesting one. I think it could be a pretty close game as well between the two of them. But yeah, the other games, they're a little lopsided. Murder Lorimer could have a bit of fire uh, amongst it, a bit of spite because, you know, next-door neighbours, Murder will be determined to to pick up the, the win against them. And, you know... And they've it, been close a couple of times this year too. They, so, yeah, could be very interesting. So. Um, But yeah, they yeah last time they were just blown out of the water against Lorimer. And I think, yeah... Lorimer will also be a little angry that they went down for the third time this year, but it, it's going to be a very interesting clash. But yeah, Reservoir, Old Eltham, Collegians, Mainwell, Kilmore, that's, it could get pretty lopsided for those two games as well. And then in the women's competition, Montmorency won Greensboro is probably to pick it a bunch in Division 1. Mm. Uh, just with the way the teams are going at the moment, could be a very intriguing clash. Uh, some sides in the top five play each other in Division 2. I think Altham Whittlesey could be uh, an interesting game just to see how that goes. St. Mary's Fitzroy Stars also another one to keep an eye on. And in Division 3, well, um, I think West Preston Lakeside would want a better showing. They come up against the ladder leaders, Mernda, 
this weekend. So the Roosters will hope they can put in a better performance in the lead up to finals for them as well. But that's all we have time for on this week's edition of the NFNL podcast. Josh, thank you so much for coming on as always. Always a pleasure. Can't wait for this weekend of action. Being your host, Nicholas Sacco, and you've been listening to the NFNL podcast.